Fads come and go, and nowhere more than in the world of weight loss. That's why Noom's weight management programs are made to last. Noom uses science and personalization to help you manage your weight for the long term. Their psychology-based approach helps you build better habits and behaviors that are easier to maintain. The best part? You decide how Noom fits into your life, not the other way around. Sign up for your trial today at Noom.com. That's N-O-O-M.com to sign up for your trial today. Welcome to the First Pitch Podcast, brought to you by PitcherList.com, your daily morning podcast, updating you on everything you need to know to win your fantasy baseball league. Here's your host, Brian and Trickin. And welcome back, everybody, to another episode of the First Pitch Podcast brought to you by PitcherList.com. I'm your host, Brian Intrican, a.k.a. KC Bubba. You can find me on the Twitter at BDNTrick, B-D-E-N-T-R-E-K. I'm here to recap your Tuesday, May 23rd action on the Diamond and get you ready for Wednesday, May 24th, with a full day of baseball, starting with five-day games, then an evening full of fun, the way baseball is intended to be for us fantasy baseball and just regular baseball fans. All right, let's get at it. Let's talk about some news and notes. From Tuesday, Dustin May, it became official. They tried the you know the slow rehab, the PRP, all that fun stuff, and they made the move to the 60-day IL for Dustin May, said he will be shut down from throwing for six weeks. Um, yeah, you can drop him officially. Now, I've been already saying drop him. Uh, six weeks is when he won't, he'll start throwing, potentially start throwing in six weeks, which means ramp-up time. We're talking probably, I'm going to be nice and say eight to 12 weeks before we see Dustin May back in full force. So we move on on that one. And they have Bobby, uh, Bobby Miller came up, made his big debut on Wednesday. And Nick and the guys will have tons of that coverage there. He was great. A couple times hitting 100 on the gun through five strong innings, one run, gave up some Ks, uh, like five Ks to one walk. He was he was great. Great stuff from Bobby Miller. So he's got his shot going. Gavin Stone, not so great on, on Monday, but uh, did get the job done. As the game went on, looked a lot better. So we'll see where Stone goes. Michael Grove is rehabbing as well. Bobby Miller's the guy I like the most. I've always said that the entire season. I'm kind of hoping he's the dude, but Stone should get some chances as well with Julio Urias out right now with his hamstring situation. The sagas in St. Louis continue. The, the mismanagement of personnel continues. As Matthew Libertor was scheduled to pitch on Tuesday, and then he pitched out of the bullpen on Sunday, so that pushed him back, obviously. And I was recording a bench with Bubba on Tuesday, and we were looking at the projected starters. It was like, oh, Libertor is projected for Saturday, but he's the only name not bold because he's not official because Ollie Marmol and company in St. Louis keeps saying that if there's a bullpen situation that comes up, he's available. Well, on Tuesday, Marmol in his pregame press news little like scrum said the same thing. He says, hey, we're kind of short on bullpen usage. Libertor is available out of the pen, blah, blah, blah. I don't know. This is a mess. He's going to get a lot of run out of the bullpen. If he doesn't pitch for a few days, he'll get a start. It's all over the board. So have fun with this one. It's uh, I was worried about his role as a starter, especially for fantasy purposes, and it is 100% just thrown in the air right now. So have fun with Matthew Libertor. Some more bad news for St. Louis. Tyler O'Neill was supposed to ramp up his baseball activities on Monday, and that got put to a quick halt as he's still lingering with back pain, which is not good. He's been shut down indefinitely. No timetable for his return. Yankees are hopeful to get Carlos Rodon back soon, I guess. They're hoping he can toss a bullpen. from. This is how they phrase it. They're hoping he can toss from a bullpen mound at the end of the week. Toss from a bullpen mound. Not pitch from a bullpen mound. Toss from a bullpen mound at the end of the week. 
um, which still keeps him weeks away from returning, they said. This is just the, the battle of kind of gets two steps forward, four steps back over and over all season for Rodon. Uh, good luck. If you've been holding on to him, Godspeed. It's a, it's a rough road there for Carlos Rodon right now and yeah, the Yankees. The A's reinstated Trevor May, who's on the IL with uh, you know anxiety and mental mental illness at times, trying to get through all of that, which is great that he's hopefully through it as he's back from the IL. He mentioned uh, in in a kind of in a article that um, a lot of his anxiety has come with the pitch clock because he's a guy that works in a certain way and it's sped him up and he hasn't been successful and he's been stressing about it and getting anxious about it and it's something I guess we never factored in. Maybe that's why more players, especially pitchers, are you know going on the IL with these. Uh, these conditions, issues, um, illnesses, and uh, it's definitely something to, to keep an eye on going forward, but hopefully he's back and good to go. And on the flip side, the A's option, Kyle Muller to AAA, who's been less than desirable in the starting rotation. Jacob DeGrom, he threw a light bullpen on Monday, said he felt great. Everybody said it looked good. We'll see how he re- rebounds uh, throughout the week, but if things keep going well, he should throw another bullpen at the end of the week slash weekend, and maybe eventually they'll get a timetable for some rehab starts for Jacob DeGrom. The Twins placed Trevor Larnack on the IL with pneumonia and called up outfielder Matt Walner. Walner's hitting 271 in AAA with four home runs. Not bad. 14.6% walk. Pretty good. But a 36.9% strikeout rate. And for anybody that pays attention to minor league stats, a strikeout rate that bad in the minors usually does not translate to anything good in the bigs. So uh, temper your expectations for Walner. That's what I'm going to do. And uh, I think we'll both be very happy in the end. We got a little bit of Chicago White Sox news here. Eloy Jimenez, he will spend three to four days rehabbing in Charlotte with the AAA affiliate of the Chicago White Sox before the White Sox can evaluate when Eloy is ready to return. So he'll be there for three to four days, playing some games, see how he feels, yada, yada, and the White Sox will determine what to do with him when he comes back. At the same time, Elvis Andrus is on the IL, and he still needs a rehab assignment uh, before he can return. And that assignment won't start till at least next week. He's still a little ways away from joining Charlotte and doing that. With Eloy coming back, that means the DH position could be locked up or some outfield spots. There's more juggling to take place. And that makes you wonder what's the situation for Jake Berger, who's been hitting so well. And he's been DHing while Moncada plays third. Well, the White Sox, because I think it's, you know, they, they have LaRusso's not there. And the White Sox are actually using their brain to do things right now. And they've been starting to work Jake Berger out of second base. He played second base a few years ago for a handful of games. He's a, uh, a big guy, but a nimbly bimbly on his feet, potentially. So uh, Jake Berger is working out to play second base, which is where Andrus is playing. And honestly, I think anybody, if Berger can just be competent at second base, they'll take that bat over Andrus's all day long. So keep an eye on that situation. If Berger plays enough second base, you can have a third base, second base eligible Jake Berger, which would be awesome for fantasy purposes. Brandon Lau, here we go, GIF. Um, this is a guy that always has some kinds of injuries going on. If you look at his game logs throughout the seasons, doesn't play a ton of games every year. There's always a chunk of time he misses for injuries, usually a back situation. But he was supposed to play on Tuesday, and he was scratched as he woke up with a stiff neck. He's considered day-to-day. Not good, folks. Not good. Uh, Jose Altuve had a weird one. This almost felt like any given Sunday or something where Willie Beeman's puking on the field. Uh, Altuve didn't puke on the field. We thought that he was like seriously hurt when he left Tuesday's game with the trainers. But after the game, Dusty Baker and company said Jose Altuve is battling an illness and he's being reevaluated. So I don't know if he had some bad chili or something or a bad bratwurst in Milwaukee or the the, the Miller light was flat. I have no idea. But Jose Altuve got had an illness in the middle of the game and had to leave the game. So 
do with what that what you wish. Maybe Lamar Jackson should give him some pointers on how to take care of said illness in the middle of a game. Jose Alvarado, this is some good news potentially. He'll throw another bullpen session on Wednesday. He threw it on Monday. If this goes well on Wednesday, then he'll throw again this weekend. And if that goes well, he'll start facing batters. So we could be like two weeks or so away from seeing Jose Alvarado back, which would be music to our ears. More Philadelphia Phillies news. Derek Hall, who was expected to miss some serious time, went straight to the 60-day IL when he was injured. He's been starting to, to hit off a tee, take, uh, playing some defense in the field, taking ground balls and whatnot. And he's close to starting a rehab assignment any day now. And the progressions are looking really good. And if they continue in this path, he can be activated on the, from the IL on June 5th when he's eligible to return from the 60-day IL. That'd be some welcomed offense for the Philadelphia Phillies, especially with Bryce Harper working to get back to the field. It'll have like a Harper Hall DH um, slash first base situation, which could be really, really nice. TJ Friel returned from the IL on Tuesday with his minor oblique injury. He let off for the Reds, went two for five with two doubles and a run scored. So nice to see a minimal IL stint for an oblique injury with TJ Friedel. Welcome back, kid. Uh, Carlos Correa was scratched on Tuesday with a bruised heel. That was a fun one. He's day-to-day with the Minnesota Twins. And then Luis Robert, more uh, White Sox news. Luis Robert left Tuesday's game with right hip tightness. And it's like I saw this uh, little notice come across Twitter, and I was like, "Ah, no, not again. Lou, Lou Bob was uh, hitting better than most players, period, especially in the month of May, just crushing everything. To see him with a hip tightness situation, it's like he's battled hamstrings and hips and all kinds of stuff throughout the last few years. I'm really hoping this is precautionary because this would be a shame for it to happen yet again. Let's talk about some hitting highlights from your Tuesday's action on the Diamond. Paul Gold. Well, for one, the Toronto Blue Jays scored 20 runs. They all hit well, and like 10 of those runs came off of Luke Rayleigh. So take it with a grain of salt, but they scored 20 runs nonetheless. But Paul Goldschmidt, he went two for four with two home runs on Tuesday with two runs scored, two RBIs, and a walk. If you do the math there, it's two solo home runs for Paul Goldschmidt. Goldie's now hitting 293 on the season with nine home runs and seven stolen bases. The man just keeps getting it done. He's going to hit for average. He could put up a 25-25-30-20-30-25 season. Pretty impressive stuff from Goldschmidt, who just isn't slowing down anytime soon. Michael Conforto. Wanted to mention this because he started off the season slow. Obviously, the first season back from that massive shoulder injury he missed an entire season for last year um, and the missed time before that as well. So it's been a long time since we've seen Conforto win the bigs. Um, he's healthy now. I'm a, I'm a Giants fan, so I watch a lot of these games. Uh, it was a slow go. They're kind of still get working him back. He's getting used to game speed and everything, missing all that time. April's gone. May has arrived. Conforto is healthy. He went two for five with a double, a home run, two runs, and two RBIs on Tuesday. Conforto now has six home runs in the month of May while striking out less than 20% of the time. The average is still not great. There's no sugarcoating that, but the power is back and legit. So uh, he's a guy I've seen on a lot of waiver wires. Like if you're in a Yahoo league available in a ton of formats, he's even available in some NPC leagues over the last couple of weeks. They're pretty much all gone there, but this is a guy I would keep a close eye on. If you need some outfield help very much in play for you. So, in these like hitting and pitching things, I don't always try to highlight the obvious guys. I try to highlight certain guys, I guess, every now and again to kind of just open your eyes for fantasy purposes. I, this is your obvious guy, though, because how do you not mention this? He did it again, folks. He did it again. Christopher Morrell, one for three with another home run. He had two runs scored, an RBI, and a walk. Morrell is now hitting 367 since joining the Cubs. Um, obviously not sustainable with his bad up and everything, but it's great. His quality of contact metrics through the roof. He has nine home runs with that 367 average Morel does. Nine of those home runs out of his 18 total hits. He's crushing baseballs. 
Uh, on Tuesday night, Morrell hit his home run was his fifth home run in five games. It makes five straight games with a home run. And he now has seven home runs in his last eight games. He's unconscious. Just absolutely amazing stuff from Christopher Morrell. It's funny. It's funny that the Cubs couldn't find a roster spot for him for so long. Go figure. For more details on the day's top hitters, make sure you check out the Daily Batters box on PitcherList.com. Starting pitching highlights from Tuesday, Nathan Nate Iavaldi continues to be that guy. Nine innings pitched, one earned, six hits, one walk, and five strikeouts for Iavaldi. He's been filthy this year. He had a 25% CSW on Tuesday, throwing 104 pitches again. He almost – nine innings, 104 pitches. The dude's been going deep into games. He's throwing over 100 pitches all the time. He's getting strikeouts. Over his last five games, he's thrown 39 and two-thirds innings. If you do the quick math, that is almost an average of eight innings per outing. That is really, really crazy in this era of baseball. This is back like when I was a kid, or like early teens era of pitching, seeing Evaldi do this. He's only allowed four in runs over the last five starts with six walks and 35 punch outs. Nathan Evaldi has been amazing. I'm terrified because of the way baseball is going this year. It's going to be one of those like other shoe drop moments eventually, but I'm embracing this to the fullest because I've been an Evaldi fan for a long time. And in a season when pitching has been so volatile, to see a guy like Eovaldi not just put quality starts out there, but to go deep time and time and time again, it's great to see. Great to see for Nathan Eovaldi. J.P. France is a guy I've been kind of pounding the drum for in fantasy circles on my show, on waiver wire shows and articles, and he continues to get it done. It's not pretty. It's not sexy. But it's productive for fantasy and real-life purposes for J.P. France. Five and two-thirds innings, one earn, five hits, one walk, eight Ks. On Tuesday night against Milwaukee Brewers, he had 12 whiffs, a 33% CSW on 97 pitches. And what I really loved about this start was, is obviously the whiffs, the CSW for France. He got the 8Ks. He was pitching well in his first few starts, just not getting the dominant strikeout performances, which I was looking for from his minor league production. He had a, a nice fastball, getting strikeouts in the minors. It wasn't translating for France when it came to his early starts in the bigs. It translated on Tuesday night. Now, given grain of salt, Milwaukee striking out a ton right now, that obviously helped J.P. France out. But I'll take this as a point in the right direction. If anything, maybe it gives the guy confidence to utilize these pitches in other situations. So I'm really happy about this. He's available on a lot of waiver wires. Over his four games started so far, 21 innings pitched, eight earned runs, 18 Ks. Very, very effective for J.P. France. The last but not least, I want to highlight these numbers because people will think Spencer Strider had a rough night against the Los Angeles Dodgers. Like, it was ugly early. They are scoring runs on him. What's going on with Spencer Strider? Relax, as Aaron Rodgers once said. Six innings pitched, two earned, five hits, three walks. So, you know, the whip was not ideal for Strider. But he still had 11 strikeouts and in six innings pitched. That's 18 total outs, 11 punch outs, 22 whiffs of the Los Angeles Dodgers, 22 whiffs with a 35% CSW in 104 pitches. Spencer Strider, just fine, everybody. Make sure you tune into the Plus Pitch Podcast with Nick Pollock and read his daily SP Roundup to get caught up on all things starting pitching. A couple quick relief pitching highlights from the day. Rolls Chapman picked up his second save of the season. Barlow's still the dude there. Needed a little rest, but Chapman just showing once again, you know, he, he pitched an inning, give up a walk, no hits, two Ks. He's actually looked pretty decent overall this season. If they need a, a saves option, he's the dude. The Miguel Castro, I've been mentioning this back and forth in Arizona. I said he's the dude. Chafin got the save the other night when Castro pitched in high leverage in the seventh. Well, Castro's back in on the ninth on Tuesday. Picked up the save, his fifth of the season. That was great to see. And then Kendall Graven picked up his fourth save of the season for the White Sox a night after Joe Kelly picked up a save. And Joe Kelly's been amazing. And then Liam Hendricks will be back sooner than later. But Graven got his fourth. Castro got his fifth for some of the not-so-obvious guys. A lot of obvious guys got saves on Tuesday night. 
For more relief pitcher information, make sure you check out the, the daily reliever ranks article on pitcherlist.com. All right, before we get into Wednesday's action, let's take a quick break and hear from our sponsors. When it comes to weight management, we tend to put our focus on what we eat, but Noom's approach puts the focus on why we eat, and that's a game changer. Noom uses science and personalization so you can manage your weight for the long term. Their psychology-based approach helps you build better habits and behaviors that are easier to maintain, and they help you understand the science behind your eating choices and why you have those cravings. Noom's personalized courses are easy to follow and will help grow your confidence with tools you can put into practice on day one. The best part? You decide how Noom fits into your life, not the other way around. And based on a sample of 4,272 Noomers, 98% say Noom helps change their habits and behaviors for good. Try Noom today and see the results for yourself. Sign up for your trial today at Noom.com. That's N-O-O-M.com to sign up for your trial today. And welcome back, everybody, to another episode of the First Pitch Podcast brought to you by PitcherList.com. I'm your host, Brian Intrican, a.k.a. KC Bubba. Let's get a look at the weather for Wednesday with the one, the only, Mark Paquette. Thanks very much, Brian. Well, looking at today's schedule, we have two games that are just going to be some rain around. That's the Royals, as they are hosting American League foe, I forgot for a second, Detroit, the Tigers, and then the Rockies a little bit to their west, and they're hoping hosting a National League foe in the Marlins. I don't think either of these games is a huge postponement threat, but we'll just have to keep an eye on it as there will be some rain across the high plains and the the foothills of the Rockies there. Anyways, but the good news is those are the only two games with any rain threat. Back to you. And thanks again, as always, Mark. We truly appreciate the hard work on the weather to keep us going each and every day. DFS-wise, there's a five-game early slate, a little two-game mini slate, and then the main slate is eight games starting at 7.05 p.m. Eastern time. I'm going to focus on the eight games. As always, the main slate of action. And it's pretty con- – It's I believe it was seven of the eight totals or six of the eight totals right now as I record this show are of nine or higher. There is going to be a lot of offense on this slate. The offense I really want to target, I love Seattle. They're my favorite one versus Waldachuk. I'll keep targeting Waldachuk. Give me Seattle on this one. I like the Miami Marlins against Coffin quite a bit. And if you want something for value, potentially lower owned, Detroit versus Granky is where I'd be looking. But there's so many places to go with bats on the slate. It's ugly, 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 ugly. Uh, Pitching-wise, though, I have it narrowed down pretty tight. These are my top two. There's maybe one or two other arms I wouldn't mind, but my main dogs, and he should be the most rostered player on the slate and just eat the chalk. Bryce Miller versus the Oakland Athletics. They strike out over 27% of the time versus righties in May. They can't hit. Bryce Miller's been electric. Go with Bryce Miller. And then James Paxton versus the Angels. The Angels have struggled as well, and Paxton's the greatest first two starts. Velocity up, strikeouts are there. I'm looking for a third straight banger from Paxton. So Miller and Paxton, my two arms on this slate. So the thing I'm looking forward to, obviously, Bryce Miller making another start there against the A's. Uh, the team he debuted against, who he was going, they had a no-no going into the sixth against. I look for him to deal. He had 10Ks or something. He, he's, he should be rolling as well. Bryce Elder versus Tony Gonsolin, Braves versus Dodgers. Keep I love these kind of matchups, but against two teams you expect to be there in the end. So curious how that one goes. Really looking forward to James Paxton's third start. Uh, that could be fun. Uh, Shane McClanahan's been kind of up and down. His like overall ERA and stuff look great, but he has a K to walk below nineteen percent right now, which is not McClanahan like. Gets this uh, takes on the, the Jays who just put up twenty on the Rays. 
So I'm curious to see if McClanahan can bounce back and the Rays can bounce back as well. There's a couple other really interesting starters taking the bump on Wednesday, but um, should be tons of offense and tons of action. And the bright side, we have a full day of action, which is what we love to see on any day of the week. But that'll do it, folks. Another episode of the First Pitch Podcast in the books. Don't forget to check me out on Twitter at BDEntrick, B-D-E-N-T-R-E-K. And most importantly, go to PitcherList.com and check out PL Plus and PL Pro. Get in the Discord. You get the PLV tool. You get the Pitcher Bot and much, much more. You will not regret it. Amazing stuff over there. They keep just enhancing the website, enhancing all the the, the PL Plus and PL Pro um, incentives. Like Just great stuff over there. So go check it out, PitcherList.com. You will not regret it. I'll be back with you guys tomorrow with another edition of the First Pitch Podcast. But for now, this was your First Pitch Podcast, Wednesday, May 24th. Hope you all have a great day. This has been the First Pitch Podcast, brought to you by PitcherList.com. If you enjoyed today's episode, rate us on iTunes, follow us on Twitter at PitcherList, and help support what we do by joining our Discord with PitcherList Plus at PitcherList.com slash plus.